Hey everyone, and welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and beauty director, Alexandra Engler. Today, we are doing an episode on acne. Now, acne is something that I have had personal experience with. I started developing it when I was in high school and didn't really get over it until recently, and I'm 31. Now, acne is a very complicated skin condition, and you certainly cannot cover it all in one episode, but the basic understanding of acne is that it is a combination of many factors that are happening within and on the skin. An overgeneralization of it is that there is an accumulation of a certain strain of bacteria, sebum, and sticky skin cells which get trapped within the pores. This causes all types of acne from blackheads to traditional looking breakouts to deep down cysts underneath the skin. Inflammation also plays a huge role in acne as it can trigger sebum production as well as spur the overgrowth of the acne causing bacteria and even makes skin cells more sticky. So when we talk about acne, sometimes people will differentiate it between inflammatory acne and non-inflammatory acne, which is actually a little bit of a mischaracterization. Everything with acne is inflammatory on some level. Now, specific breakouts themselves can be triggered by many things like hormones, bad sleep, stress, inflammatory diets, bad makeup products, and clogging or irritating skincare products. There is also a major genetic factor at play, so some people are just more prone to acne than others. This is why some people can eat a diet that is full with inflammation-causing foods and will not have problems, while some people can't even tolerate things like dairy. Essentially, there are many, many factors that contribute to breakout and why some people have them and some people don't. And to get into this advice more, we are talking to Zeta Gordon. She is the founder of Skintegrity LA, which is a skincare clinic in LA that specializes in acne. She is a holistic esthetician that has incredible results within her skincare clinic. Seriously, go check out her Instagram for some incredible before and afters. Without further ado, I will bring her in now. So Zeta, welcome. Good morning, Alexandra. I'm so excited to have this conversation today. I know so many people have reached out and asked me to do an acne episode, and your work is fantastic. So I know this episode will be a must listen for a lot of people out there. And, you know, before we get into some of your best acne tips, I want to hear your story so people can get to know you a little bit better and get to know your beauty philosophy and your work. So why don't we just go ahead and get started with, tell me your journey into beauty. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's um, an honor and I'm super excited to be able to share any of my knowledge that could help any of your uh, listeners. So a little bit about my journey. It started when I was a pretty young, I'd say like a preteen and I have a mother who is a product and beauty junkie. (laughs) So I would watch her get ready and she had really beautiful skin. So I would watch her beauty rituals and I'd see her putting on her oil of Olay sunscreen and her Clinique and her Lancome. You know, in those days, those were the pop. All of the classics. The classics. 
But but yeah, so I started wearing sunscreen myself because that was one thing that she taught me from a really young age. I think I was probably 15 and and I would play with all of her products and her makeup. And I was really fascinated just by the the way you could transform your skin and transform your look. I particularly loved the whole glam and um, makeup aspect of it. I thought it was, I don't I just, I loved aesthetics. I loved to see beauty transformations in magazines, on TV. I loved, you know, working on friends. A lot of friends would ask me to do their makeup and, and it was a lot of fun for me. And it was just a, a very natural early onset of enjoying the, you know, aesthetics. When did you decide that you wanted to get into beauty as a career? Was there a so, special story there? Well, I I initially thought that I would be doing makeup for TV and film. That's what I had envisioned for myself when I was in high school. I was a very studious person, so I, I thought I would go to college, but I also saw something a little different for myself, but I wasn't quite sure. I just knew that I was very creative. I loved helping others, you know, look and feel beautiful. And like I said, I loved glam and beauty. So I really thought I was going to go into the industry, you know, the TV, film, and makeup industry. And when I found out what an esthetician did, I thought, oh, that sounds great. You know, you, you become a licensed esthetician. You can help others with makeup, but you can also do other things as well. So I was really fascinated by the job of an esthetician, but I was pretty young, so I hadn't really had a chance to go to too many spas. And at that time, my acne was mild. So I hadn't sought out an esthetician for myself or even a dermatologist. So at that time, like I said, I was mostly just interested in the aesthetics and beauty part of it, but very, very interested in exploring more about what an esthetician did. So went to college for a while, but I really was pulled, pulled away by my creativity and just really finding myself wanting to just go ahead and take that, take that leap. And I did, I took the leap of faith and I decided to go to beauty school for, I think I just, I just had, a, I had a feeling that, that that was going to be the path for me. It just seemed very natural to me. I wanted to help other people look beautiful and feel confident and, but again, at the time I really thought it was going to be more focused in the you know, in the makeup area. So, so it was kind of surprising to me to, to find that my passion turned, you know, it actually turned into more of a skincare and wellness, but we could talk about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, that is actually a very smooth segue into my next question. What is it about the holistic and the natural aspect of beauty that, that you love? Well, I kind of fell into it. So right out of esthetician school, one of my first jobs was at a wellness spa. I worked for a woman-owned business. They were two chiropractors who really were passionate about whole body wellness and detoxification treatments and holistic skincare and organic skincare. So for about 10 years, I worked uh, almost exclusively with natural and organic skincare. So I kind of just fell into it. 
but I loved it. And so I found myself not doing any makeup. <laughs> um, and there I was, you know, building, slowly building a clientele at, you know, a wellness spa that was quite busy and in Santa Monica, which it, you, you know, you probably know it's, it has a pretty eclectic clientele. Sure. So it was great for me because I got exposure to many different skin types, all different ethnicities, all different walks of life. And, and I loved being able to do these treatments that were very healing, very therapeutic. What we weren't doing too much of, you know, during those years at the beginning of my career, though, I, I wasn't doing too much corrective. So it was mostly, you know, very healing, therapeutic, and very relaxing. So the clients definitely were, <laughs> you know, they, they would always leave very happy with their glowing skin and the way that they, they always felt great and they had a beautiful glow, but there were, there was, you know, a, a percentile of clients who I wanted to get more results for. I was finding that I, what I didn't quite have all the tools, maybe not enough knowledge quite yet to get the results that I truly wanted to get and knew that I could get. So that's where I was for, for quite some time, like I said, about 10 years. And then I also worked for a plastic surgeon where I began to learn more corrective skincare. I was introduced to more medical grade skincare, more corrective treatments. And I started taking more, I took more courses to learn and get, you know, get certified in other, you know, I wanted to learn more corrective skincare. So I began to yeah. kind of explore that as well. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll talk about this later in the episode for sure, because I, I love how you blend together kind of the, the more natural holistic approaches, but then also these really impressive, up-to-date, super high-tech treatments. And, you know, I, that's personally how I take care of my skin. I, I definitely am very much a clean and natural person who who loves using natural products and cares from her skin from the inside out. But, you know, I am not above a laser. <laughs> we love a laser. <laughs> we love a laser. So, you know, we'll definitely chat about some of your favorite treatments when we get into the acne tips and, and, and advice. But before we get into that, the last question I wanted to ask just about, you know, your your personal story is, what is your beauty philosophy? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that we really try to um, strive for is helping our clients become more confident in their own skin. So we find that, you know, for us, that's going to be through mindful self-care, mindful skin care. So those beauty rituals, we want our clients to really take their time and really, you know, just practice those rituals and enjoy taking care of themselves through their skincare. Finding enjoyment in what you do is such a key part of well-being in general. You know, if we don't love what we're doing, you're not going to stick to it consistently. I mean, follow-up question to this, how do you help people find enjoyment in it if they aren't people who are naturally interested in skincare or, you know, if they are people who maybe struggle with keeping consistent? Like, are there ways that you encourage people to find enjoyment in this? There are going to be some people that may not particularly enjoy 10-step skincare regimen. So 
we're very realistic with those clients and we're, we find ways. There are many ways to help them condense maybe the amount of time they're spending because there's some of us, we can spend 30 minutes doing our skincare ritual and for us, it's fun. Yeah. For other people, it's not. And so we understand that. So we say, if you can spend about five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening, we'll take it. You know, we think sure. that that is a sufficient amount of time to continue working towards their goals. And most people will understand that in order to achieve, you know, the best skin that they, they can get, they have to spend some time. There is a commitment there and they have to dedicate five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening. And I think that if, if it's somebody that cannot commit to that time, that's okay. They maybe, uh, you know, maybe they can find a, a quicker solution and maybe we're not for them, but luckily we haven't had too much pushback in terms of, can you at least cleanse, exfoliate and moisturize? I don't think it's asking too much, but yes, you will find there are going to be some people who really enjoy it and those who want to kind of make it as short, sweet, and simple as possible. But, but we, we really try to explain to our clients how, you know, all, why, why are we doing these steps? What, you know, what each, perhaps what each product is doing, why we're doing all the steps and how this is going to help them towards their goal. They come to us because they have a skin concern. So we're the expert and they need to listen to our advice. <laughs> I always liken it to people who are maybe trying to improve their overall fitness or something. And they go to a personal trainer and they say, you know, XYZs are my goal. Like I want to have toned legs or whatever it is. And then the the personal trainer is like, okay, well, you have to, you have to run, you have to do squats and you have to do whatever. And the person on the other end says, no, I actually don't want to do squats and I hate running, but I still want toned right. legs. It's like, no, right. you have to do it. <laughs> exactly. You have to do a little bit of work. It's it's teamwork. You know, with our clients, we tell them this is a team effort. We'll see you perhaps once, maybe if we're lucky, twice a month. You are going to treat your skin twice a day. So really, very much like you were saying, like a personal trainer will probably tell their clients it's going to be perhaps 80% new diet and you know 20% yeah. the exercise. For us, it's kind of similar. We tell our clients it's going to be about 80% how you are treating your skin twice a day, also how you're managing your stress, your, you know, we can talk about it more, but we, we go into gut health, hormone health, and all the things that we don't have that much control over. So we can offer the guidance, of course, but we need our clients to understand that it's going to take a little work and some people need a little bit more help internally and others, they simply need to spend those five minutes morning and evening. But it's, it is about, we do find that it's about 80% of the results are going to come from how our clients are treating their skin at home. And 20% will be the facial treatments and, you know, what we do in office. I love that 80-20 tip. I think that's brilliant. I, I, I'm absolutely stealing that. So <laughs> great tip already. Let's talk about acne. It is obviously such a complicated condition to treat. So, you know, a caveat to all listeners, the advice we give here is 
of course, going to be incredible advice, but everyone's cases are so personal. So, you know, there's always going to be things that work for some people and things that don't. And, you know, that is a part of the process. But you are such a skincare expert and you are such an acne expert. Seeing your before and afters are, I mean, clearly they're life changing for the people who come to see you. So I'm so excited to get all of your tips. Why don't we start off with, you know, what are some of the more common causes of acne that you see? Well, we we definitely have seen a surge in something called acne mechanica. And that's simply a type of acne that will occur when there is a lot of friction in an area of the face or body. So as you know, we're all wearing face masks a lot more these days. And for some of our clients, especially those that work in the medical field, nurses and doctors who have to wear the mask for very long periods of time, we are definitely seeing a bit of a surge in that type of acne. So there's, you know, that type. And then, of course, unfortunately, <laughs> during the holidays and during these times where it's a little stress, a little more stressful than usual, we are going to see stress-related acne. So, you know, more hormone-related and stress-related acne. We have seen a, a bit more of that during the holidays. We definitely were seeing more diet-related sure. <laughs> breakouts, myself included. It, it's amazing, even as, you know, a skincare pro myself, if I'm naughty, if I have the dairy, if I indulge a little too much in sugar, I still will have a breakout. So I'm very empathetic. And, <laughs> you know, I talk to my clients about these things. I say, listen, right now during the holidays, let's... You know, let's give ourselves a little brace and be patient because there's stressful times and there's a lot of indulging. So naturally, we are going to see that manifest in our skin. But the idea is for a reset, you know. So here we are. It's the new year. <laughs> it's a really good time for a reset. We we want to kind of rectify and start healing some of that <laughs> quote unquote shamans that he did in December. Now, when you say reset for the skin, you know, what sort of things are you doing personally? Like what does a reset for your skin look like to you? So for me, one of the first things I did was I said, we are cutting out alcohol for January. We have to take a little liver detox because, you know, when when there's you know, when the liver is taxed, that will show up on the skin. We can talk about, you know, the, the gut stuff as well. But definitely when we are having too much alcohol, we have to take a break from that. So I'm personally taking a break from that as well as really trying to limit my processed sugars and then dairy. I had dairy and we all probably had a little bit too much of that for those of us that consumed too much during the holidays. So I've cut that out and I'll have a little here and there, but it will be, you know, perhaps like a little feta here and there or a small amount of Greek yogurt. But other than that, really staying away from too many of the, you know, heavier, sure, heavier dairy. 
you know, that's the reset that you're going through right now for yourself. In terms of proactive treatment for other people, say I come in to see you, right? And I have, you know, I'll, I'll even use my own skin as an example. I all sometimes get hormonal breakouts around my chin. Like I noted at the top of the episode, my hormonal acne has gotten significantly better in the past year or so. But like many of us, I still experience breakouts even if my skin is overall quote unquote clear. So I'll give you a little bit of an overview about adult acne, which hopefully will make you feel a little bit better if you have it yourself. First off, it is totally possible to not have acne as a teen and then develop the condition later in life, although it is less frequent. Additionally, reports show that half of all women in their 20s have acne, and by the time women reach their 30s, a third reports still having it. Even women over 50 still report having acne at a rate about 15% of the population. And while men can have adult acne, it is far more prevalent in women than men. The prevalence of adult acne in women is likely triggered by hormones. Women's hormones fluctuate far more frequently and and have a dramatic effect on the way your skin looks. Here is a summary from the American Academy of Dermatology on how hormones affect this skin as it relates to adult acne. So hormones can increase sebum production, They can affect how quote unquote sticky skin cells are, which makes shedding the cells more difficult and leads to clogged pores. And they can also cause increased overall inflammation. And as we've noted before, inflammation is a trigger for all sorts of acne. What are you telling clients, you know, in this case myself, when they come in about what they need to do to start this process? You know, is there like a, a checklist of things that you kind of onboard people with? Definitely. Well, first, before we bombard them with information, we really like to get, we do a really thorough consultation. I like to call it basically a skin health assessment, but it's also somewhat of a like whole body assessment. So that's the part that, you know, we like to think is more integrated because we're not just going to stop at the face. We want to know everything. We want to know, are you getting enough sleep? Are you a very stressed person? You know, what are the lifestyle? What's going on in your life? What are the environmental things and what are the internal things? So we have a little bit of a mental checklist that when a client is telling us about their skincare journey, um, their acne journey, we, we have a little mental checklist that we, I think, are subconsciously going through where we can start to identify pretty quickly on if this is more of a you know gut warm-up issue or is this more of a cosmetic issue maybe they're not using the appropriate products for their skin perhaps they are on a medication or birth control that's causing acne or is this more like diet so we like to really get a full idea of clients skincare journey and challenges they have, things that may have worked, things that may not worked. This will definitely expedite the process in terms of treatment because we already know perhaps a person has sensitivities or allergies to certain ingredients. We can start to um, rule those out and then you know, start to personalize a treatment plan for them. If it's a client that is really concerned with limiting the amount of, you know, 
toxins or strong peels, too many actives, we can cater to that. We have products and treatments that, you know, we have a wide range. So we have our clients that are really into natural organic skincare. And of course, there are other clients that are like, you can literally use whatever you need to, to get me flawless skin. But, you know, the goal, I feel like the goal is not necessarily to get flawless skin because you can have super clear skin, but it may not even be healthy. You know, sure. Have, you can strip your skin down and dry it out and maybe it will temporarily look quote unquote clear. But is it truly healthy? So, you know, we want to take all these things into account when we are listening to what our clients' concerns and goals are with their skin. So we get an idea of perhaps how the approach that they would like for us to take. Is it going to be more integrative? Are they just letting us take the lead? Or do we have to be a little bit more cognizant about maybe, you know, we don't give them a chemical sunscreen. Maybe we give them a mineral sunscreen. There are going to be a lot of people who look at ingredients very carefully because they, quote unquote, (laughs) done their research. It's a blessing and a curse to get a client who has done their research because sometimes they think they know more than us. So that's the yeah. really educate our clients and say, listen, just because the products you're using are natural doesn't mean they are not going to clog your pores. So just educating our clients and figuring out the best, most personalized treatment plan for them. I'm going to jump in here and just ask quickly, what are some of the natural ingredients that you actually do not recommend for people with acne? You know, are there are there ingredients that kind of yes. stay on your no list? There, there are a few ingredients that when we hear about, we're like, can you please just stay away from that? Like, so in terms of your, your face, especially if you're an acne prone person, you definitely would want to stay away from Things like coconut oil, too much argon oil, too much shea butter. A lot of those heavier oils can be really clogging for skin. And now the body, body's a little different. You know, the body can handle a lot more and it's usually not going to break out as much. But with the face, if you are acne prone, we really, we really tell our clients, please just eat the coconut oil. Do not put it on your face. And even with the argon oil, that, you know, that's another ingredient commonly in hair care, but clients also have to be careful with that as well. Even though it's great for hair, it can transfer onto skin. So, you know, we, we help them with their skincare, but also body care and hair care. So those are other things that we look at as well, because there could be ingredients there that are affecting the skin. Sure. So, you know, you, you get kind of a, an, an overview of what the patient's life is like and what their, you know, their skincare philosophy is and also what they're doing at that point. The next phase of this that I want to ask you about is like, what is a good general daily routine for someone who does have acne? Is there a a kind of, I'm sure it changes for all of your clients and it's very client specific, But is there a a broader? Yeah. Yeah. Just like you said, it's going to be very individualized. But generally speaking, and I found that this is in my, you know, 16 years as an esthetician, one of the things I have found, and this is a super easy thing that 
I feel like anybody could implement right away is the double cleanse in the evening, especially if you're somebody who wears makeup. So that alone, I think, puts you really sets you up for success. So we make sure that our clients are doing the double cleanse in the evening and then using things that are going to not only help keep the pores clear, you know, obviously we want to use things that are antibacterial and oxygenating for the pores, but we're also trying to keep the integrity of the skin barrier. So when we talk about exfoliating regularly, we don't mean using any kind of abrasive or harsh scrubs. We usually are going to have our clients use a chemical exfoliant. And for some people that don't really know what exactly that means, it can sound too strong or <laughs> they might yeah. use that word chemical, but you know, everything is a chemical. Water is a yep. chemical. Yeah. <laughs> we use a lot of gentle but effective chemical exfoliants, such as like a, for, for example, our most popular product is a mandelic acid serum from Face Reality, who we've partnered with and we get excellent results with all of their products. So that's been, you know, our go-to line. So we encourage our clients to use something like that that's gentle but effective, that it will exfoliate the skin because that is important. And not everyone knows how to properly exfoliate their skin. So they may try to use one of those old school face brushes, which are horrific. <laughs> or they may try Why to Why are those so horrific? Because I still get a lot of questions on those and I, I and I have absolutely told people to stop using them. So I want to hear it from the experts so people, you know, will finally listen to me. So one of the worst things that you could do for your skin is to use something that is too abrasive. Now, a regular facial brush obviously has a lot of bristles. It is abrasive. It is going to start to damage your very delicate skin barrier. So it is one of the worst ways to remove the dead skin buildup. Now, the body is a little different. The body could probably handle something like that. But the face is much too delicate and the barrier is much too delicate to be able to thrive with that kind of exfoliation. So we've said goodbye to those. We we see less and less of people using those old school Clarisonics. So we are so happy that people are segueing more into more gentler exfoliation. And a really good option and that's very safe for skin and gentle would be a silicone facial brush. So silicone facial scrubber. Those are really gentle. They're antibacterial because they don't hold on to bacteria like a regular facial brush does. Sure. I think that's a great tip to, if you are somebody who liked those old school brushes, you know, switch over to a silicone brush or scrub. But let's, you know, let's kind of go back to like what we were talking yeah. about. Yes. Yeah. I, I got us off track, but I, yeah. I thought it was important yeah. to put a pause yeah, on that. Like, so we talked about the importance of double cleansing in the evening and you know, the exfoliation having to be appropriate for the person. So for somebody that it suffers from a lot of those smaller comedones and clogged pores, things like a gentle retinol serum is also going to be very effective. So I personally use that almost every evening and we encourage our clients to consider a vitamin A or a retinol serum regimen if they are someone who suffers from a lot of comedonal 
acne. It's also anti-aging, which is always a plus. So covers always. a lot of, yeah. So we, we love a product that's a multitasker. So like I said, the double cleansing, the gentle exfoliation, perhaps incorporating in a gentle retinol. And then in the winter, what we're also doing because you know, we don't have as much humidity in the winter. So this is the time where skin can just, uh, you know, the weather can really wreak havoc on skin, especially, you know, you, you live in New York, so you've probably seen your skin go through a lot of changes from having to be in that, you know, inside with the heat turned up to be outside in the really harsh element. So all that back and forth can really dehydrate yeah. skin and <clears throat> And so, especially in the winter, we encourage our clients to be extra mindful when they're moisturizing. So perhaps in the summer, you were fine just using a hydrating gel and slapping on a sunscreen. But in the winter, you might find that in the morning, you're going to want to spritz your face with a nice hydrating mist, then put on your serums, then your hydrating gel and moisturizer sunscreen of course but you know there i feel like there's a, a little bit of an additional step in the winter just to keep that skin nice and plump and hydrated and dewy and um and happy and thriving because it can be it can be taxing during during a harsh winter especially totally you know i i'm gonna ask you about common acne misconceptions but before i do that you know one misconception does come to mind and it has to do with hydration which is you know, people who have oily skin, I think for so long, they felt that they couldn't properly hydrate or they were afraid of thicker balms or lotions or whatever it is. Do you find that people still have that misconception where they, they don't necessarily prioritize moisturization? Yes. Okay. Yes. We, still, we still find that a lot of people are either scared to use a moisturizer or think that it's going to clog them or haven't found the appropriate one. So they're, they're scared, you know, they, they just have had bad experiences or they're misinformed. So they don't know how to properly moisturize their skin. So yes, we do unfortunately find a lot of people with oily skin or acne prone skin that are like, I just don't put on a moisturizer, which hurts our feelings as facial. <laughs> So we, you know, we, we educate our clients. We let them know that oily skin still needs a moisturizer. Acne prone skin still needs a moisturizer, but it's finding the appropriate one. One of the things that we do is we layer. So we will layer our water-based serums and gels and then put on the moisturizer lastly. And oftentimes you don't even need a lot of moisturizer at that point after you've, you know, used your hydrating mist, your serum, your hydrating gel. Then you just need a small amount of moisturizer, generally speaking, unless you're a very dry person. You may need a balm as well or a thicker moisturizer, but oily skin, acne-prone skin absolutely still needs a proper moisturizer. So that is one misconception. Are there other misconceptions that you run into a lot with your patients about acne? Absolutely. Yes. So another one that comes to mind is thinking that they can just burn the acne away or scrub the acne away. <laughs> so I, I'm sure you remember back in the day, there were things like proactive and the St. Ives scrubs. 
Yeah. And people would just, you know, overstrip their skin barrier. Sometimes it would feel nice immediately after. So I think, you know, the feeling, it was like, oh, my skin feels smooth after. But what you don't know is that you're creating micro tears in the skin when you're using these abrasive scrubs. So educating, educating people so that they know how to properly exfoliate their skin. We are not going to scrub away the acne. We definitely, that's impossible. That will never happen. Yeah. And we also are not just going to like over dry our skin. We don't want to just use really strong drying ingredients every single day to just, you know, dry it all up. Because I think, you know, to some people think, oh, we could just do that. We can just use the strongest products every single day, dry it up. But that may very temporarily work, but then your skin is not going to look healthy. It's not going to glow. And it's also not sustainable. Yeah. You know, I think that sustainable point is uh, really important because, you know, having that immediate gratification doesn't always translate to long-term results, right? right. Like that's a yes. big problem that I see with a lot of people and how they treat their skin. How do you get people to kind of get over that mental hurdle of, hey, I know this is exciting when you use it or it feels good that night, but, you know, you got to move on. You got to move past that. You know, is there ways that you talk to people about this concept? Yeah, absolutely. So we we discuss with our clients what the ingredients we are recommending will do. So for example, like I was talking about the mendelic acid serum, because we love it so much. Uh, that's a good example because we're using these really gentle alpha hydroxy acids that are going to dissolve the dead skin cells. So when we explain to them how that works versus how a scrub works, which is, you know, creating micro tears in the skin, it's abrasive, a light bulb goes off and people realize, oh, okay, so if I have inflammation in my skin, the last, you know, the last thing that we want a client with any inflammation in their skin to do is to uh, anchor it more by scrubbing it. So, you know, educating our clients on how the ingredients we are recommending work is important because they need to, some people need to conceptualize it and visualize it. So we explain to them like, you know, this is the epidermis and this is how the products, uh, this is the follicle, this is the pore, this is how these ingredients are working to um, keep that follicle clear and keep that, uh, control that dead skin cell buildup because that's essentially what is happening for a lot of people with acne. It Sometimes it's a buildup within the follicle and because they're not properly exfoliating or maybe they're not doing the double cleanse in the evening, you know, it can exacerbate the situation. You know, throughout this episode, you have mentioned the skin barrier and skin barrier function and how critical it is to, you know, keeping skin healthy and clear and happy. And I talk about the skin bar barrier quite a bit. I write about it a lot. It is a, a concept that I love informing people about. And when I talk about it, I, I do tend to talk a lot about either dry or sensitive skin because, you know, I think that naturally those go um, hand yeah. in hand, but yeah. it equally is important for acne prone skin, right? Absolutely. 
Yes. So everyone has this, you know, delicate skin barrier. And in order to have the the healthiest skin and the most radiant skin, we want to really preserve that skin barrier. A person can sometimes, we have a lot of clients that come to us and they say, I have very sensitive skin. And then we find out that they actually don't really have some uh, sensitive, it's not that sensitive. They are experiencing a temporary issue with their skin because they haven't been using the appropriate products. Perhaps they've overstripped the barrier. So anything you will put on skin that is overstripped, it's going to, it's going to be very sensitized. It's going to feel uncomfortable. So almost any product will burn and, and irritate and feel uncomfortable. That doesn't mean that you will always have sensitive skin. You're just, you know, you're going through a phase where your skin um, needs a little more support with the moisturizing and the appropriate products to bring it more to a balanced, healthier place. And then it, it probably will not feel sensitive at all. That's something we run into very often. So it's not that you naturally have sensitive skin. Perhaps your skin is in a place where it is, you know, the barrier is unhealthy. So it, anything can aggravate or irritate it. Yeah. You know, I, in a lot of this comes back to that inflammation point too, which I know you have talked about quite a bit. I, I would love if you could explain people to, to our listeners about the connection between inflammation and acne, because I talk about it a lot, but I do think that, you know, it is a concept that takes a while for people to get. So oftentimes we will see a lot of inflammation present in the skin. We've noted plenty of times in this episode before, but inflammation does trigger sebum production. And as you might guess, it comes back to hormones. So inflammation in the body actually results in an increase in the stress hormone called cortisol. Cortisol directly affects sebum production, encouraging an increase of oil on the skin. This is also why when you are more stressed than normal, you may notice that your skin looks a little bit oilier. And so in our consultation, you know, we, we ask a lot of questions about what are the vitamins and supplements you're taking? What are the foods that you are regularly eating? Are we seeing a lot of inflammatory foods? I mean, there are, are certainly, we, ha we do have, you know, a checklist that we, we look at. And on there, you're going to find dairy, you're going to find refined sugar, gluten. For some people, too much soy can also be a trigger. So we're looking at how are you consuming low, moderate, or high amounts of some of these triggering foods or inflammatory foods? So even things like peanut oil and peanut butter, for some people, it causes a rise in the um, oil production of the skin. So that, you know, will cause an inflammation in the follicle and could cause an acne breakout. So we're looking at the inflammation on the skin, but also figuring out, are we, are, are we seeing some little red flags? Do we suspect that there are some internal uh, issues that need to be addressed? Are there perhaps too many of those inflammatory foods being consumed? Because it will all show up on the skin. All of those things that perhaps are either unhealthy or are aggravating the acne they will manifest and they will show up on the skin. So we can, we can tell a lot by looking closely at someone's skin. 
Next thing I want to talk about is, which we hinted at earlier in the episode, is, you know, in, in your practice, you blend together holistic practices and a, you know, a holistic approach to treating skin. And, and a part of that are these incredible in-office technologies. What are some of the favorite things that you recommend to people if they are able to visit an esthetician? So with the treatments, we are usually going to do, you know, a very thorough acne treatment that includes obviously a deep pore cleansing. And we will use very gentle enzymes to exfoliate the skin. Now, for some clients who have a very healthy skin barrier, they're non-sensitive, perhaps they're very oily and have had a lot of treatments in the past that were more advanced. For some of those clients, we will introduce acne peels. So acne peels are these customized treatments that have almost no downtime. So it's not a true chemical peel. It's more of like a just a very gentle way to exfoliate that top layer of dead skin cells and perhaps light some of that leftover post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So we may, sometimes we'll combine the two. So we'll do these enzyme treatments that gently exfoliate the skin, start to help clear the follicle. And for other people, we may do a gentle acne peel to help a little bit more with pigmentation and also helping to clear the follicle. So we, we do that for everyone. And then other things that we love to use would be things like LED light therapy. It helps so much to bring down inflammation, expedites the healing process with skin, can sometimes even give a little boost in the glow. We use a lot of the red light for our clients that have adult acne, which we have many clients suffering from adult acne. So we will use a lot of the blue LED light therapy, which helps kill all the surface bacteria and calm the skin. And then we'll also incorporate in the red LED light therapy, which is more of your you know, collagen-inducing, glow-inducing light. Other things we love to use are oxygen therapy. We find that it's safe for all skin types. So, you know, anybody that has access to a skincare professional that can give them LED light therapy and oxygen therapy. Those are very safe, even pregnancy safe. So anyone can benefit from those treatments. We do them all day, or not all day, but <laughs> we, do them, we do them very often, very popular, and really helps with expediting the process and getting us closer towards our goals, but very, very naturally and very safely. Last but not least is what do you do for your own skin? And, you know, I ask this question in reference to your, you know, morning and night skincare, but, you know, also how you treat your skin holistically. What, you know, what are your personal skincare must have? So I mostly use products that are going to help me with my own adult acne. So I say I use about 90% face reality products, which it's, it's a line we've partnered with, which we've gotten incredible results with, with our clients. So I have a huge fan. I personally use the products usually morning and evening. I like to use a sulfate free cleanser. I try to make sure that I am incorporating in a lot of antioxidants. So I'll use vitamin C serums, antioxidants peptide serum. And then I use a mineral sunscreen. And 
evening, I do the double cleanse. So that's important. Like I mentioned earlier, I always do a double cleanse. I really like to take my time when I'm doing the cleanse. That's a time where I do a little bit of lymphatic massage techniques to help depuff the skin. I try to really take my time and it's not a chore for me. For me, it's something enjoyable. So when we find other people that also enjoy doing their skincare, it's so fun to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I made sure to do, you know, the steps that I recommend for my clients, I'm doing them as well. So I'm doing the double cleanse and the hydrating mist at the B. I do a cocktail of syrup because <laughs> I'm 41 and I still am acne prone. So I have to do perhaps a little bit more than like a 21 year old. <laughs> I'm using the retinol and the antioxidant peptide serums and, you know, the vitamin A, vitamin C, and then making sure to use an eye cream. And like I said, those lymphatic drainage movements while cleansing, it's a perfect time to take advantage of that time where you have your hands on your face and you know, it should be, it should be a, a time, you know, ideally it should be a time where you're kind of checking in with yourself and taking a look in the mirror. And we hope that our clients are enjoying what they see in the mirror. So, you know, when our skin is clear, <laughs> we, yeah. we do enjoy what we see in the mirror. And you know, there's going to be times where we may want to rush through it because we don't like what we're seeing in the mirror. But we're always striving to help our clients be able to, you know, enjoy what, like, look, feeling comfortable in their skin and confident in their natural beauty. So, yes, in terms of my skincare regimen, I'm doing all the things I recommend to my clients. So, incorporating in the double cleanse, the exfoliation with the chemical exfoliant, alpha hydroxy acids, occasional mask, of course, a nice hydrating mask or a soothing clay mask. Those are things that, you know, we are going to do once or twice a week, but always the, the layering of the skincare in the evening, especially right now in the winter when we're so dry. Well, I'm right there with you. I have the winter dryness uh, skincare issue happening right now. So I am certainly layering my products accordingly. And I am also someone... With adult acne, who is also concerned about aging skin. So huh. everything you just said is uh, absolutely right up my alley. Thank you so much for joining us today. I so appreciate it. So many good tips throughout the episode. So I know everyone is going to walk away with some sage advice for their own skin. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I, I hope that some of these tips will be useful for the listeners, but we always encourage them to, you know, seek out a skincare professional that, you know, you feel, you feel comfortable with and you feel safe in their space so that, you know, you feel empowered and well-guided. I think that's great advice. And thank you so, so much again for joining us. It was a pleasure, Alexandra. Thanks so much for having me. Hey everyone, thank you so much for coming by and listening to today's episode. If you liked this episode and you like this podcast in general, don't forget to rate and review us and I will see you next week.